Hello and welcome to the first episode of III's new podcast, Cross Pollination, hosted by me, Chetna Pai. If you're wondering what III is, it's the Instrument Inventors Initiative, an artist-run community platform supporting new interdisciplinary practices linking performance, technology, and the human senses based in The Hague. In each episode of this podcast, I will be in conversation with two artists from the III's network. And to start off today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kexen Howe and Hugo Morales Murguia. Kexen Howe is a visual artist and designer born in Beijing and based in the Netherlands. Using a daring visual language, Kexen's work is a constant swing between intimate close-up on personal stories and zoom out to collective narratives. Between a past of political heaviness and a flashy modernity rendered in humor and sarcasm, in her recent works, Gexen investigates in the themes of body, rituals, health, archive, and collective memory. Hugo is a composer whose work explores the boundaries between traditional instruments, found objects, performance technique, and technology. The development of alternative forms of sound generation for music composition is essential to his work. He's interested in approaching traditional instruments as cultural artifacts and inventing instrumental implementations of rudimentary objects where the role of the musician is taken as a flexible, multi-instrumentalist and overall a musical performer. Hi, Kexton and Hugo. Thank you so much for making time to be here today. And how are you doing today? Thank you. Very well. Thank you. I'm good. Yeah, you have a good trip to the studio. Yeah, the air is nice uh, today. <laughs> Although the weather is, is it's okay, it's a bit gloomy, but the air is, yeah. I yeah. smell freshness in the air. <laughs> the weather has suddenly changed again, just yeah. so quickly. It was so nice last week and now. Yeah, I guess it's it's, it's time to, to do indoor activities again. That's true. So, uh, so that's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> we scheduled well. <laughs> Locked <for> up. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about both the projects you're currently working on uh, with III and just exploring how you started, why you're working on what you're working on, where you think it's going to go, and other similar questions. We've also picked the two of you because you have a sort of similar theme within your work that we'll get to in a bit. And so I think it'll be an interesting conversation exploring both of your works together in this space. And I hope it'll be interesting for our listeners as well. Gexen, the project you're currently working on is called Future Dance of Nostalgia, which deals with the human body as an archive and translating labor into dance. Could you tell us a little bit more about this project so our listeners can get an idea of what it looks like? Yeah, so Future Dance of Nostalgia is a work uh, basically about transcending hard labor or manual labor into dance movements. And this work involves a dance video game and live performance. I started this work by remembering that there's this scene in my old uh, bedroom with my grandmother. She was working on this old sewing machine with this pedal. She's a master of the sewing machine and she was just like doing things and sewing beautiful pillow cases, beautiful things and her move is almost like a signature, like it's so rhythmic it's 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 just so beautiful i have this image in my mind that she was pedaling the sewing machine in the corner of the room and i somehow just 
kind of want to investigate in this kind of uh, pattern that once was embedded in the human body, but then being forgotten or being replaced by robots or machineries or technologies. So I, I want to retrace or to re-remember those movements, those movements that were about manual labor, manual production, hard labor. So I traced back to the labors and then I, my idea is to translate those movements into a dance. So I investigated in, uh, for example, um, hammering, shoveling, uh, scything on the field, uh, sifting the grain, milking the cow, rolling the crane, like things like this. And we're drafting the dance and we're also uh, developing a video game. So video dancing game is about kind of my exploration into dancing game as means of control. Because I want to see if those movements can be remembered and preserved and then passed on by rescripting it into a leisure and inter entertainment. But also, I want to know if our body movement can be measured and qualified, evaluated through means of dancing game. That's That's really interesting, this idea of preserving muscle memory in a different way and having that passed down. Yeah, thank you so much for that explanation. I think it definitely helped get a better idea. And Hugo, the project you're currently working on is called Automatic Modes of Human Labor, which uses machines as instruments and performers as operators and reflects on labor as aesthetic action. Could you tell us a little bit more about your project maybe and at what stage you're in currently? I suppose the piece is a continuation of a lot of things that I do. Uh, the work that I do normally uses uh, instruments as objects or objects as instruments. So this is also an extension of that, let's say. Within this area of using instruments in different ways, I suppose that the role of the performer is also sort of uh, problematized by not being able to use the normal techniques that you will use or the normal performer that you will use to play a violin if you will at the end ask the performer to play the violin as an object right so um, by doing this over the years i became more aware of the role of the performer and the kind of performer that i need to um, play these pieces i usually work a lot with percussionists percussionists have this practice of using objects as instruments. So I progressively became interested in using uh, machines as instruments, not only because the machine is um, it's an interesting object in a kind of a sonic way, but also what that represents when you are using a, a musician to play that instrument. So that becomes also an operator rather than a musician, right? Like when you ask the, the performer to interact with this machine or to be able to control this machine, the performer becomes also a certain operator of, of a set of instructions in order to create music. So in that sense, it's also, I guess, a reflection of how the score, the music score becomes a set of instructions that at the end, the performer has to recreate in order to create music, basically. So we have a number of machines 
different machines. We have been experimenting with different um, techniques to play these machines. Originally, the idea was more like the contrast between physical movements as opposed to automatic movement from a machine. It's becoming more into the relationship between human and, and machine rather than the opposition and, and like putting both uh, separate, but it's more like the, the intimate relationship between human and the machine, and in this case, power tools, basically. So that's what we have been exploring, and yeah, we'll, we'll meet again and see where we can take this idea. Thank you, that was also really interesting. I really like listening to both of you talk about your projects because so much of both of them is about the body and just the humans as a tool or working with a machine in this kind of repetitive motion sense. Uh, and I think it's interesting that you talk a lot about the relationship between man and the machine. And Jackson, you have someone doing uh, an action that might involve a tool, but you are removing the tool from this. and is focusing just on the human body as the operator, but not for a tool, while you are looking at the human body as an operator for a specific machine. So, uh, Kexen, why did you choose to remove the tools or objects from your project entirely? I think that's the, that's the way you make a dance, right? To, to reduce or totally throw away the, act, the actual function of an action is so you use a hammer to hammer but then if you want to make a hammering dance you you have to remove the hammer otherwise it becomes an actual hammering <laughs> action um, and also I think the idea is also about because I was thinking the way we learn history uh, is that we always like we have this obsession of machine and technology like if we learn about industrial revolution we learn about okay there's steam machine it's a great invention there's cars there's engines there's flying object but we don't really look at the moving body operating the machine so that's my idea i was i was proposing that what if we we can uh preserve the moving body besides the machine instead of the machine itself um so that that's why i remove machine from from the moving body and to extract only the movements from from those uh, production labors did you ever also look at maybe how the movements changed over with using machines over time since you're talking about through history like how older movements might be different from newer movements is this something you're also interested in um I'm not really looking at uh, like in a timeline okay wh how has this move uh, like how has the human body has changed but maybe that can be the next step like through different era of the machine like what what can be different uh, about the movements yeah yeah but I just found this really interesting material uh this this footage of the working people at the post office in 1980s in Ghana uh, there's a footage of them damping on the envelope and then they make they made it into a work song mm. they made it so so much of fun and rhythm because they need to stamp anyway they just turned this really boring work into a 
performance and I just found it so empowering somehow and yeah I was also looking at work dance work song and this old archive of the moving body and then them transcending boring or really hard labor into something that they could enjoy a bit yeah yeah that's that's really nice the post office thing and I can imagine that 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 kind of thing would happen before when you are doing something very repetitive but you can create something out of it and yeah very inspiring Hugo when you are talking of people as operators for machines would that also include something like this with the post office and stamping or do you mean a different kind of machine or tool Mm, yeah it's more of a not so mechanical, I suppose. It's more uh, machines that involve electricity in most of the cases. But but it's interesting also this um, repetition thing. I guess it's it's uh, common in both of our projects because labor at the end of the day is has to do a lot with repetition and how um, not only humans' um, mechanical motions are repetitive, but also the machines, the way they work, are in cycles or they move in a certain way that um, are repeating an action. And um, and how that, in my case, is how that repetition also is part of the music or how that gives us material to work on the music and and uh, together with the sounds of, of the machines and the, and how the performers actually interrupt these actions from the from different machines as well or create them or control them You mentioned that currently you're working with power tools. Some of them are power tools. Some of them are just like um, electrodomestics, you know, like from a vibrator, from Mm. a dildo to a (laughs) bench grinder and a drill, all kinds of machines that involve motors, basically, because motors are present in many, many different appliances that we have both in a in a workshop or in the kitchen and they produce similar sounds as well and they are also through the years have been changing and and uh, have been used for different purposes so the music that is created is it just the sounds of the machine or does it trigger anything else so far is mainly the sounds of the machines but we pick those sounds by different methods we can be uh, most of the sounds are amplified, by the way, and the way they are amplified is either by we take the electromagnetic field created by the motor, or we use contact microphones, or we use also the lights create a certain uh, field that we pick up with a special microphone. So, um, yeah, you don't necessarily relate to the sound that you hear from the machine mm. in an acoustic situation, but we find different ways of actually picking up like hidden sounds that these machines are creating and creating techniques uh, with the musicians or operators to pick up these sounds and in different 
with different movements, with different uh, physical movements mm. that they they create in order to pick up these sounds and play in a way these instruments. So it's not what you would imagine if you were just using the machine yourself, but it modifies it. Yeah, not modifies it, but it, it the methods that we are using to pick up these sounds is a difference. Okay. It's, not, it's not what you will normally hear when you turn on this machine, but it's a different sound that is there produced by the machine, mm. but you don't hear it. Okay, interesting. And Gexin, how did you decide what kind of music you would use for this dance video game? Was it also inspired by the work song or were there other things that you thought about while designing this space? Mm. Especially since like video game is more modern and a lot of the things you're looking at are a bit more in the past. So how did you make that connection? Mm. Yeah, indeed, I think music in my in, in this in this work is, is very important. And I think it's a mixture um, of, well, my research was centered around work song but then the the final result of the soundtrack of the video game and then this dancing piece is beyond or it's it's different than than, than work song we can listen to a bit of the the first workshop uh, the dj made this this mix uh, of techno music and work songs So this is the music that we implemented for the first workshop. We didn't know what kind of music that we were about to make. We wanted to combine old archive with techno music. That's the music for the workshop when people needed to dance. That was the workshop we launched and to create this space for people to invent these moves. So this, this dance in the end is also invented by everyone. It's not that only me uh, making the dance. And then moving on to making the soundtrack for the final dancing uh, game and the dance piece we in the end created something more like ebm music like electronic body music mm. this is kind of like a genre that was um rooted in belgium in, in the 80s and 90s i don't really know and then it was kind of this dark punk-ish techno music that is like techno music but also using a lot of punk a lot of shouting a lot of this 
heartbeats, post-punk-ish thing. And I really like this idea that to look back to EBM music, they talked a lot about body uh, also as an instrument and then they moved their body a lot while performing. So they moved beyond techno music. They also come like, moved it to, to stage and to like live performance with a lot of like involvement of the body. And uh, I, we wanted to make uh, something like this that is modern, something with the body, but also yeah, clubbing, clubby-ish. So we can listen to it a bit. And this is what we made. And Rachel did a good job. He uh, he did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> we also we were recording the choir at the workshop because we gathered a lot of people for the second workshop. And in the end, Rachel came up with this idea of why not we can just record the collective singing, the collective shouting all together mm. since everybody was here. So it's also a lot of uh, collective effort in this sound piece. So you said in the first workshop that uh, people helped you with the movements, like they came to and they did different movements. Yeah. What was the prompt that they were given to explore with, to help you find more movements? And firstly, I showed people materials and archives that I was diving in. A lot of work songs, uh, including, uh, for example, the rice planting songs, or uh, the Gandhi dancers, which is about the railway workers in the United States, creating this work sound that synchronized the collective movements working on the railway. Also a lot of work sounds. So we dived into this archive. We looked at how the moving bodies were back then. We looked at their movements. And then I uh, divided this workshop into three workstations. So first one in the factory. So it's about uh, like industrial manufacturing. Second station is on the field. So mm. it's about agricultural uh, thing, working on the field, like cutting off the wheat, sifting the grain. Third one is at home. So it's about dom domestic uh, labor, like washing the laundry and milking mm. the cow. So people move from station one to two and two to, to three. So we had these uh, sessions of working. Nice. That must have been quite an experience also for the people coming to the workshops. Yeah. It was right after they lifted the restrictions oh. uh, of the COVID. So people were craving for some <laughs> moves and some, some clubbing music. Yeah. So that was a good moment. And Hugo, what kind of process do you use with your project to kind of get from stage to stage? Or how has it been going so far? How have you been refining it? Normally, I get the machine in my uh, studio and then uh, try to get sounds from it. And um, I see different methods of um, creating sounds and different techniques and how these techniques will look like. And then I explain it to the performers and see how it works with them and try to combine it with other instruments that we have been using or 
getting ideas also from them and, and see what other techniques we can use to um, create sounds or develop sounds with these machines. When you are looking for sounds with machines and when you bring them, is there something specific you look for when you're putting something together or is there some t some sound that has really like caught your attention and maybe why? That's an interesting question. I, I guess that um, we all have or we are as composers, we're all looking for similar sounds that we like all the time and we are like trying to recreate them in different ways or at least that's what happens with me. I find myself looking for the same sounds even though the pieces are very different <laughs> and the techniques and the contexts are different. I always look for these sounds that are similar, I would say, that are close to noise or that are very rough or that, are, that have like close relationship to electricity. I guess not not very much produced, not very much like mm. raw sounds that are like that you can probably hear as well on the streets or or when you are in the train, you know, like these uh, sounds are created just um, by electricity flowing through cables and and circuits and um, machines.
So in my case, I don't actually manipulate the sounds a lot. I don't process them with computers or anything. I'm actually one of the ideas of this project, even though we are using machines from different kinds, we are trying not to use computers. Not everything is analog and everything comes from electricity working within a mechanism. I think that's pretty cool to look for this organic but still electric sound within these things. So this, I guess, would be a performance piece then, right? Yeah, this is a performance piece, sort of a concert situation. Um, in that sense, um, an ordinary concert. We are not looking to uh, have any participation from the audience except that they listen mm. openly to what uh, they are doing. And um, the idea so far is that they will travel within all these different machines, different stations, and they will, um, as they are moving from station to station, later they are able to remotely control those stations as well. So they might be starting playing in one machine, but then they move to another one. Mm. And when they are playing the second one, they also activating the first one. And progressively, including all the machines and, and uh, having a sort of independency from what they are doing, creating a sort of uh, soundscape. What kind of impact would you hope to have on an audience or what do you hope someone in the audience might take away from this performance or is it really just we'll see? I think for me that's always we'll see because I can only trust my ears and I can, you know, create things that I find exciting for me as a listener and I hope that someone else will be excited as well. It's very difficult to to predict what the audience will um experience however um yeah i mean hopefully they will be engaged with uh, what we are doing and that they will recognize music in things that they might not normally see as music yeah i think i think already now after this i will pay more attention to sounds <laughs> that come out from machines around me to see if there's a hidden sound apart from the obvious sound but yeah thanks and Kexton, do you have something like that that you hope people take away from your workshops or uh, a specific experience you're trying to create for them? Or is it just an open space where you want to see? It could also be maybe what people have said they have felt from the workshops you've already held. I, I think first of, all, first of all, I would just like the audience to enjoy because it's a game. It's... First of all, it should be all all about having fun. Mm. And then I think they can take away whatever they can take away from it. <laughs> but I, I want to make sure that it's, it is fun and it should be par participatory. So during the live performance, like, so it, w it will be an interactive, interactive installation with the game uh, on the screen. So people dance in front of the monitor and like how you used to uh, play with a, a video game. And then the other part is the live performance where I want to also include the, uh, the audience. I want to invite them to participate and to dance together with us. Uh, yeah, so participation and having fun. 
is there a reason why you chose like fun as the thing is especially since a lot of this labor might not have been fun like was it a conscious choice to turn it into a fun thing as a way to keep it alive i think like part of the reasoning for the fun part of this work is that i like to do things i like like all my works is kind of like fun orientated mm -hmm. The other part of the reasoning is that I want to relate or I still want to touch upon how people used to have fun uh, or how fun as uh, like this notion of having fun comes in when it comes it, it it is about hard labor and how people were able to sing along uh, those hard labor how they used to invent all these melodies, beats and rhythms to help or to motivate the working. Like this is how the fun part relates to uh, the, old, the old archives. Hugo, you mentioned that this came from other work that you were doing, but how did you start getting interested in this idea of machines and sound from this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose that it comes from me playing electric guitar as a kid, I guess, like playing with electricity and and uh, using uh, things to activate the guitar or to manipulate the guitar. There were these guitar players in the 80s that would put the drill next to the to play the, the strings of the guitar. And of course, the the pickups from the guitar also take the electromagnetic field from that drill. And it's very much something that we are doing now. It's the similar way of actually getting the sound from, mm -hmm. from a drill is by using a pickup similar to the one of an electric guitar. So I guess it comes from there. It, it comes from really um, experimenting with an instrument like, a, like an electric guitar that is directly connected to electricity and manipulating that and trying to do music with that. And, and through the years, as I said, like um, my music and the music that I do with musicians or other instrumentalists is uh, somehow related to this um, using instruments or trying to approach European traditional instruments as objects and playing them in different ways activating instead of playing the, the strings of a violin maybe like turning it the other way around are tapping it with a with some sort of device to hear the resonance of the body of, uh, of an instrument for example or putting some motors uh, to play a harp mm. instead of the harpist playing the the harp with the with the fingers then she just activates the pedals that control the motors that would play the strings of of the of the harp for example and things like that so that just um it's a continuation of a lot of work that i've done in that in that same uh, direction is there somebody else's work that you found inspiring while exploring this space? It doesn't have to be super similar to yours, but is there anybody else's work that you were inspired by? Well, many composers. I think that also philosophically, the idea of um, composers from the 60s or 50s, like John Cage, of what can be uh, music and just sound, let the sound be music or any music or any sound can be music or in the same way that any object can be a music instrument and any, any person can be a performer or a instrumentalist 
I guess that mm, a lot of ideas are rooted mm. coming from like that philosophy and that way of thinking. And then of course a lot of colleagues that are working currently working within the same um, field. Yeah. I feel like two things I found like quite interesting that's similar with your projects, I guess, is like you are pushing, I guess, what is music in some sense, and you are pushing what is dance. And they both do fall under that, but it's a very different interpretation of that. And also this idea of control and how you are looking at new ways to control machines and you're sort of looking at a new way to control the body. So I think that's kind of an interesting sort of parallel between your projects, even though they are quite different, but they still have these small things that bring them together. So I also wanted to have you think a little bit about what it might look like if you put your projects together. And do you think it would make sense since you have two different perspectives on this idea of labor and the body? Would it make sense to put them together? Would there be a different idea that could come out of it? To start this whole thing off, because this is a very big question, is what aspects of your project do you think are integral that you would carry over into a combined piece? I can give up anything. <laughs> 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 Nothing has to be like always there. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, like for myself, I would love to always to work with music. I study graphic design. I'm kind of like a visual artist. Mm. I don't really make music, but I like to sing. If there's no no music involved in my work, I get a bit bored. <laughs> Mm. So, like in general, not about this work, but in general, like all my works, I have to do something with mu musicians mm. or sound artists. But I, w when, when Hugo was talking about uh, all these like weird techniques of like uh, playing instruments or like perceiving Western instruments as as objects, that just really resonates with me somehow. Then, and I feel like uh, it. It when you're describing it, I feel like I'm looking at a surrealistic painting mm. I'm where I'm looking at a, I'm watching a surrealistic film or something that where I'm dreaming I feel like it's it's really dreamy that you're talking about a motor playing a harp uh, some pedals to play a violin like it's like kind of like a protest like I just I don't want to use <laughs> The way that you designed that other people designed for me to use it i want to use it in, in the other way that's yeah, really uh interesting and i really like that way of making something surreal or like thinking of thinking out of the box and yeah still dealing with really familiar objects yeah i remember back then in, in china we had this uh this recorder thing it's called a uh, repeater or I don't know, maybe it's called repeater in English. So it's a tool. It's just like a kind of like this, this recorder thing uh, for you, for, for people to be able to learn English. The, this machine pl can play a tape so you can listen to people reading English. So they come with mm. also, like you buy tapes of English material, uh, lessons, materials of English learning. 
you can play back and you can record and you can listen back of your own recording and compare it to the tape. So you 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 listen to how accurate your pronunciation mm. uh, is, and then I love to play with. I hate learning English, <laughs> I, but I just I was so really obsessed with this like repeater. It's like it's like a radio. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's like a yeah. hand size, and mm. then you can just. I was obsessed with my voice. I would just record something really sharp and short, and I play it back like. Ten thousand times, so it becomes like a vibration. Mm. And I remember playing this because I didn't have an instrument. Mm. I still don't know how to play. Any, like I used to play piano, but I hate piano. <laughs> but I, I was really obsessed with this because it's not about learning English anymore. And I love this way of protesting <laughs> through my own way. Yeah. And your project really reminded me of many playful ways that I did when I was a child. Yeah, I guess I never saw it in terms of a protest, but maybe it is in a way. For me, it came as a as a as a result of having to write, for example, a string quartet and not having a string quartet with me to ask, uh, how can you do this or can you mm. do that or how does it sound? So I would just get the violin myself and and play it the best way I could and invent sounds with it and invent ways to write it down. But I guess it. I mean, it it became as a a way of solving a situation but also maybe as a personal way to identify with those instruments and maybe in a way also protesting because I didn't have the means to uh, that I needed to compose a piece of music in my case because I was always I always have the necessity to have the instrument with me some other musicians or some other composers might not be don't have that necessity to have the instrument. They just write the notes and they mm. trust that the notes are going to sound uh, as they sound in the program or in their heads. But in my case, because of these sounds that I wanted to achieve, um, yeah, they, they needed different ways of creating them, not only with traditional techniques. Mm. And it has to do a lot also of like using tools for different purposes that they're originally designed to to work right like like in your case with this the machine that you're talking about you find a way of using it in a personal way that mm. that you find it interesting so it's it's kind of hacking yeah uh, a tool in order to make it um interesting for you yeah Hacking is a good word. Yeah, hacking is a good word. And to make it interesting for you, like I think that's def especially when you're younger and you have these things that are designed for you and maybe this straightforward use is not so interesting. You always try to do something else, like take it apart or mm -hmm. <laughs> make it into other pieces to do something else with just to keep yourself interested. So yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people maybe can relate to in different ways. Just this trying to break out of this framework of what things are supposed to be used for and just feeling like but there's so much more I could do with this that I would like to do more mm -hmm. than <laughs> what it's what is being told to me in general uh Hugo so you also have a lot of movements and things like that in your performance would you consider that in any form dance or something that could be perceived as that in a performance space yeah depends on how big the movements are mm. But 
I think a musician playing an instrument is also a way of uh, it's it's a sort of choreography. Yeah. Uh, even if it's a uh, very small and very the, the movements are uh, much smaller. Um, it is in a way a choreography because you have to be very precise to do certain movements to achieve certain sounds. And uh, if you remove the instrument, which is uh, a little bit what what you're doing, is uh, then it only r the the movements only remain, and then you put focus on it. I was doing something like that in in some of the movements, but I don't know if I will keep them to be honest. Mm. But that's also an element that is uh, interesting for me to explore, and I've done it in other pieces. Well, movement, especially when you are looking at performers of music that normally don't move so much, or if they move, it's because they are doing something to the sound. Uh, when you ask them to move without their instruments, you enter a complete different uh, area, a very obscure area for them. Yeah, but they still do work on muscle memory, right? So it's interesting, though, yeah. that it would still feel so strange if you move the instrument, but your body is just moving anyway in mm -hmm. the same way. Correct, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that could be an interesting like com combination point for your projects, is this using Gexton's movements maybe on your with your instruments would be like a sort of interesting <laughs> collaboration point mm -hmm. if it were to happen. But also then, Kekshin, how do you define dance when developing this? When I, when I was making the dance in this work, I tried to make it really danceable. I was kind of, because I, I like this idea that I could bring in some some flavors of Arabic in this so uh, yeah, if you look at the dance and the moves that we came up with they are quite uh, structured and mm. danceable they're really visible and uh, there's structures like that you move on the beats but I yeah I I don't I, I don't really I, I didn't get used to uh, defining what is dance but I, I just like to move on on the beats and we were actually thinking, like now developing uh, this work into the next step, maybe it can be also more about live performance, uh, where me and uh, Rachel, the sound artist, were really uh, thinking that uh, we're both really bored of the current clubbing scene, or like if you go to a dance club or like a techno rave party, you see that people are just like, uh, they're nodding their heads, <laughs> basically. Uh, and then it's just people being cool by not really dancing, but just being cool. And then we kind of wanted to bring this uh, this 80s Arabic aesthetic <laughs> to the current scene. We wanted people to dance together and to move big. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the aesthetic of what you showed as well, because you just showed me a clip of it. And I think that that really comes through very strongly like it makes you want to do it just with the colors and everything like i really felt like okay yeah. i would also take part <laughs> if yeah. i was there one thing to mention is also uh, leonardo is the game developer and then he's using uh kinect as the uh, motion tracking sensor and touch designer as the interface to measure and qual uh, like to to evaluate how uh 
how accurate you, you dance to the standard moves that we designed. So in that case, we also need to make dance that are quite clear because mm. now we are like talking to machines, uh, which is motion tracking sensors, and they are quite uh, they're, they're 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 machines. So like <laughs> we need to f- give them really clear feed mm. of how our body moves in a in a space. So it's also really interesting that we came out of machine, but we we are feeding into machine again. <laughs> Because it's still like a different machine is now controlling what the body <laughs> is yeah, doing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I think we've covered a lot of ground so far. Is there anything you'd l- else you'd like to say about your project or anything else you think is interesting or in response to Kexons, anything? Can I add something? <laughs> I was just like, um, I remembered because I w- we were talking about moves, and I remembered that you, you uh, during the presentation of, of Hugo's uh, music piece, I remember there's two uh, performers and they're quite symmetrical uh, on the stage. And I find it, it is definitely choreography in that case because they it's it definitely they practice and then they try to synchronize they stand up at the, at the same time they move to the left move to the right on the same time mm-hmm. yeah in that in that presentation we did like that i'm i'm still trying to avoid the um the, the symmetry but i still something oh. in my brain that always goes to this <laughs> symmetry okay yeah that, but i'm trying to break it for now but but yeah indeed musicians are in many ways, doing choreography without even noticing it, I think. Mm. And something that I find also interesting is that people that will normally do, we are talking a lot about movements and choreography, but we are not using dancers at all, professional dancers for any We are also not professional (laughs) dancers. (laughs) And in your case, why you didn't choose to, you never thought about using like a, dancer if you wanted this precise movement that some that a machine can actually uh, recognize it was never an idea for you to use uh, dancers for that would have been very different of course but mm. maybe in the future I, I think for now it's not because the moves that we made is never too difficult and because we want it, it's not like a crazy theater piece uh, that we want to impress people with our dance we want people to participate so they should be simple uh so in this case i'm not uh, collaborating with professional dancers 
they will make me look really dumb <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> Is there, what do you think the next step of your project might look like? Just if you, if you had to guess what it might turn into next. Of this project? Yeah. I need to um, define the instruments for sure because we need to come up with a writer so it's, it's just like just purely uh, mm. boringly technical so i need to finish the instruments to define the instruments and the, therefore the techniques and the sounds which is a lot and um yeah and start finding ways of combi combining them and and um interact with them as a sort of an orchestra or an ensemble of different electrical objects that's that's the next step for me nice i look forward to seeing what comes from this <laughs> and what do you think is your next step Jackson? um i think i i want to publish the game this is like step one i want i want to make this game like more accessible mm. um that people can buy where people can access it online um, so this is, can be one of the steps another step that we're thinking is to bring this piece to uh, to 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 bigger stage and maybe to festival like we really want to perform it and right now we have the soundtrack and the dance but we're thinking uh, a way to kind of play with uh, like motion sonification and uh, uh, sound visualization. So we're thinking of what if we can make a dance and live compose the music by uh, moving your body. So using some live sensors, mm. it can be Kinect um, to, to dance and then without, without any instrument, without anything in your hand, but then just to whip your arm and then to make a sound to live com compose uh, this EBM music at the same time uh, visualizing uh, the sound by uh, some graphics so live performance is also the the, the mm -hmm. second like yeah the second thing that we're thinking of i think these are two things like publishing the, the game and bringing it to a live performance yeah yeah this like Live composing with body is a very big interest of mine. It's also what I did my master thesis on. And, really? But uh, yeah, if people want to follow your work or maybe know more about when you're doing workshops, where can they follow you, Kexen? Instagram. <laughs> what is your Instagram? It's Kexen How. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Convenient and good. What about you? Where can people follow or find your work? Well, this work will be premiered in. Um, I think we're we are looking at November music here in the Netherlands and Dach uh, in the Branding next year, and uh, Gare du Nord in Basel. Those are the the stages so far, and they're currently looking to other uh, venues. And my webpage is sugomorales.org. That's where you will find more information. Nice. And maybe then pe people who are interested might be able to also contact you and get to know more about your work. 
Thank you so much for speaking with me today for this first podcast, first episode of this new podcast. I think it was really interesting and I learned a lot. So that was really nice for me, at least. And I hope anyone listening to this also would have had a good experience and had some nice takeaways. And we'll see you back for the next episode then. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Seven, eight hours, the wheel of times rolling forward, tick by tick, human powered, the wheel of times rolling forward, tick by tick, human powered.